Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Mets with a Wilmer walk-off, but the big Mets news Tuesday was off the field. Sandy Alderson resigning for health reasons, and a three-headed replacement will take his place. All of this is the Mets have been reeling, of course, but we'll tackle the on-field stuff in a bit. We'll begin the podcast with a look at the stunning turn of events pregame in Flushing. It appears Sandy Alderson's run is over as the man in charge. All you need to know and think about coming up now. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Mets are doing. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. Sandy Alderson, the longest tenured Mets GM since the days of Frank Cashin. And now he has essentially fired himself, walking away for health reasons, but he hinted he has not earned the chance to come back when he gets better. And we sure do hope and trust Sandy will get better if anyone can kick cancer's butt. It is Sandy Alderson, the Marine. We're going to have plenty of reaction for you and obviously let you hear from Sandy himself. Sandy was a, the architect of the Oakland A's teams that won the three straight American League pennants 1988 through 90, won the World Series in 89, and then a, a very varied uh, resume after that, very interesting resume, fascinating guy, and just a gentleman, a gentleman's gentleman. And uh, I think a lot of people around City Field will really truly miss having Sandy around and the hope is he'll be able to come back in some capacity. The good news I suppose is that everything is pointing towards a recovery. He's going to have to have surgery. There's a recurrence of his cancer. We'll let Sandy tell you everything that, that he wants to tell you right here and get some more reaction after that. As you all or some of you are aware I was uh, originally diagnosed with cancer in uh, 2015. At the uh, end of April, early May, a recurrence was uh, detected. And uh, since that time, uh, I've been undergoing uh, treatment. I expect that uh, the treatment will continue. I expect to have surgery later in the summer. Uh, my prognosis is actually good. But in the meantime, uh, the chemotherapy, the surgery, all take their toll. Uh, I haven't been traveling on the road, as B-Riders are aware consistent with uh, the treatment, energy levels vary, uh, other side effects, which makes it difficult to stay up with the uh, sort of the pace, you know, the tempo of, of the everyday. Operations continue, the game continues, uh, we have a season to play. So I think in the best interest of the Mets and for my health, uh, this, is, this is the right result. I feel badly that, uh, you know, we've had the season that we have had to date. I feel personally responsible for the results that we've had. At the same time, you know, I have, I have confidence in our manager, our coaching staff, uh, our players, uh, th that this will change. John, uh, Omar, JP, I'm sure we'll take a hard look at where we are, maybe take a fresh look at where we are, 
every confidence that they will uh, uh, serve the the uh, franchise well over the over the next uh, few months through the end of the season. Sandy, first of all, so sorry to hear the news. Just for you and your family personally, how <clears throat> difficult have these last few months been? Well, look, you're diagnosed with cancer. You're cancer-free for a period of time, and it comes back. You've got to deal with it. But we've adjusted, and as I said, the prognosis is good. Uh, you know, it's a matter of, of uh, rearranging priorities, accepting limitations, temporarily at least. My family, as you might imagine, has been tremendously supportive. I have tremendous doctors, and so, you know, I'm confident this will uh, end up happily. But, uh, you know, it's an adjustment. Sandy, did the uh, did health problems, did that affect your jo job in any way? And looking back, what's the biggest mistake you think you've made? Well, you're talking about eight years or over the last uh, six months? <laughs> okay. Well, look, uh, you know, we signed, I don't know, five, six free agents over the offseason. Really, not one of them has performed up to their expectations or probably ours either. I think that's, you know, it's one, it's a bad result, but at the same time, I think it's a commentary on the process. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, one has to revisit. And, uh, you know, anytime you make a series of decisions, uh, they turn out well or poorly, it's important to go back and try to figure out why. And uh, so I think that, um, you know, that's certainly not to say that those, those free agents won't, continue, won't, won't perform better as time goes on. And I wouldn't call those mistakes in the sense that, but they certainly did not turn out as we had uh, hoped. And um, this is a results business. Sandy, last time you took a leave, uh, you were still involved, you know, talking to John Rico on almost daily basis. Um, will you still be involved at all? And if all goes well, do you see yourself coming back in this role? You know, one difference between then and now is that that took place in the off season. You know, I had a surgery in the off season. I had some chemo in the off season. And much easier to uh, manage that with off season activity. I had the decision-making authority basically at that time. I, I will not have the decision-making authority going forward. If people want to call me, they're welcome to do so. But uh, at the same time, I don't expect to be involved in day-to-day uh, -day activity. With respect to the future, you know, I would say two things. One is, notwithstanding the good prognosis, my health is an uncertainty going forward. And secondly, um, if I were to look at it on the merits, I'm not sure coming back is warranted. Sandy, knowing the competitor you are, how difficult has it been to watch what's happened this year when, you, you know, really a lot of people thought you might contend with the pitching staff and things like that? It's been incredibly difficult, as it has been for most Mets fans, for those around the team who work here. And, uh, you know, I'm really disappointed with where we are and disappointed to have left Mets fans basically in this situation. Said, you know, said many times, we really do this to make other people happy. And when you're not making people happy, it's uh, difficult. Is it tough to kind of come to the fact that you may not be able to see this through and exit maybe under how you, how you would have preferred? You know, none of us writes his or her script. You deal with circumstances as, as they arise. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for 
all the opportunities I've had here, all the opportunities I've had in the game, and for whatever opportunities may arise in the future. But, um, you know, this isn't Disney World. And, uh, you know, we have to deal with life as it presents itself. And um, I'm okay with that. That's Sandy Alderson and Mickey Calloway, uh, obviously moved by everything going on, had this to say before the game. Coming into this job, obviously, I had heard a lot about Sandy Alderson and uh, the leader he was, how bright, how selfless, you know, what, what a servant leader he was. I experienced all those things firsthand. And uh, he lived up to all those, uh, you know, qualities. You know, now knowing that he went through what he went through, he's a badass Marine. That's all I can say. Caught up with David Wright as well, the Mets captain, who obviously has done a contract with Sandy, has been around before Sandy arrived on the scene. Here was David. playing on the field and uh, you know there's a lot of uh, you know heads hanging in the in the clubhouse right now with the way we're playing and then you know when you get news with what Sandy's going through it kind of puts everything into perspective and obviously we want to go out there and try to win baseball games but um, when you're talking about um, you know everybody in there um, either a small part or a big part is here uh, because of Sandy and um, you know when you put that in perspective and he's been so quiet and so reserved about you know his health and what he's been going through and for uh, you know him to kind of choke back tears and to, to break down a little bit in front of us and you know thank us when you know we're obviously not playing as well as we, we could have been and a lot of the blame is getting placed on him and when he comes and um, you know shows you how much he cares for us as, as men in there um, you know he takes a, a lot of pride and you know, kind of putting his stamp and his name, you know, on the guys in that clubhouse. And, um, you know, I for one, and I think I speak on behalf of the team, um, you know, we're going to be there for Sandy as much as Sandy's been there for us. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, has, has uh, taken the heat on our behalf because we haven't played as well as we have. So, um, you know, I hope Sandy knows, and I think we told him that, um, you know, he certainly has, you know, 50, 60, 70, however many people are in that clubhouse and staff and, uh, you know, that are, that are here on a daily basis. We certainly have his back and, uh, you know, want what's best for Sandy because uh, he's part of the family. So how will this work with the three-headed GM? You've got J.P. Ricciardi. You've got Omar Minaya. You've got John Rico. Who's really in charge? Here's Jeff Wilpon. John, J.P., and Omar. Uh, same as Sandy would come to me uh, and let me know, inform me of what, what they plan to do, I assume, and plan to have the three of them come to me the same way. So it's just the three of them coming to a mutual decision, which I think was happening anyway behind the scenes to go to Sandy to then have the final decision to come to me with. It'll be very interesting to see, especially at the trade deadline, exactly how this all gets done. And I said on the air, I suppose with three people now, at least now you, you get consensus, even if it's two versus one. If you have two people as co-GMs, you can have a 1-1 one -one tie. And then what happens? I think that the chances of there being a one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one tie on something are pretty slim. You have three people. You respect all of them. One is a budding GM in Rico, two are former GMs in Manaya and Ricciardi. And we'll see how this all goes. But there's a trade deadline coming up in about five weeks, and there's going to have to be a nice collaborative effort. As for the game, it was actually a thrilling game 
And, and what a way to, to send Sandy off, I suppose. A 4-3 to three win for the Mets in 10 innings. The game recap brought to you by Burke Rehabilitation. For over 100 years, Burke has helped patients achieve their maximum recovery from a life-changing illness, injury, or surgery. Give them a call at 914-597-2200 or go to burke.org to get the info that you need. This was Stephen Matz against Chad Cool in this particular ball game. And Stephen Matz had gotten Nolan arenado his last time out. Five runs batted in off Arenado's bat as the Rockies beat the Mets out in Denver. Matz coming in had allowed only one extra base hit to a lefty all year in 57 at-bats, and he was taking care of the lefties and everybody else early on. In fact, it was a no-hitter into the fifth, and by then the Mets had a 2-0 lead. Wilmer Flores, a 2-RBI single in the first inning, an inning where the Pittsburgh catcher Elias Diaz made a pair of errors. Pirates ended up making three for the game. And for Wilmer, with that 2-RBI single, you go back to what happened the night before. That's five runs batted in on two swings on a couple of fastballs in. Wilmer up to 27 runs batted in at that point, and he was just getting going. The Mets were doing Mets things, though, for a little while. In the third inning, Michael Conforto led off with a walk. They never could budge him off at first base. A lot of other opportunities. Leadoff men getting on in the sixth inning. In the eighth inning, never could move him around and in. But Michael Conforto homered in the seventh after Gregory Polanco had homered off Mats in the seventh. It came on a hanging curveball and was just the second extra base hit by a lefty off of Mats all year. Polanco's 11th of the season, second of the series. So the Pirates had a brief 3-2 lead before Conforto came back. His first home run in his last 40 ABs, just his third at City Field all year, 10th of the year total. And it was 3-3, skidding on into extra innings. Stephen Brault on the mound for Pittsburgh, the part-time singer. Just nailed the national anthem back at PNC Park about a week ago. He walked Conforto to lead off the 10th inning. And immediately, if you're a Mets fan, you're thinking, well, here we go again. They can get him on. They just can't get him in. But Todd Frazier snuck one into left field between third and short. You had two on, nobody out. And Howie and I got into a little bit of a, a back and forth on this on the air. With Cabrera batting, I still see as Drupal Cabrera as a Cleveland Indian as Drupal Cabrera from earlier this decade. A guy that bunted for a sacrifice hit 11 or 12 times a year. I know he... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. He can do it. Howie's point was, look, he's swinging the bat well now. He's your cleanup man tonight. You don't need the bunt. If you do that, you've got a double play candidate up in Flores, a guy that struck out four times in this game, Dominic Smith, to follow. And that's the thing, by the way. Dominic has now struck out 17 of his 43 at-bats since coming up from AAA. But anyway, I, I was on record as not hating the bunt, but then I did hate it after Cabrera couldn't do it. He popped the first one up foul. It was dropped by the catcher. And then the next one, he popped up in fair territory. Brault caught it, the pitcher, and, and could have let it drop. Could have turned two, if not three, depending on what happens. But he took the one safe out, and it cost him. Because for the ninth time in Wilmer Flores' career, he found a way to get the old Gatorade shower. The walk-off base hit just over the bag at third. Barely fair. Coughed up chalk. 
hit the rolled up tarpaulin, Conforto speeding around and in. The Mets break a seven game losing streak. They win it by the final of four to three. Four runs, eight hits, no errors for the Mets who improve to 32 and 45. So yeah, they've now got as many wins as the Miami Marlins. That's still a bit embarrassing. Pirates three, eight and three. They are 37 and 42. On we go to Mickey Calloway in his post-game press conference. Mickey brought to you by our friends at Ridgewood Savings Bank. At Ridgewood, you'll find the same time-saving online and mobile tools as the big banks, but with better service, fewer fees, and none of the runaround. Go to RidgewoodBank.com. Great people, great service. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here is Mickey Calloway. Mickey, first of all, just overall as a day-to-day, obviously there were a lot of emotions before the game. How much of a challenge was it as a group to kind of get into the right mindset and, and go play the game after that news? You know, I don't think it was a challenge. I mean, obviously, um, you know, that was tough news to hear, um, but it probably was able to keep our mind off of it, just having to go out there and compete. So it was probably easier on us than most people. You've been here just this season, but Wilmer Flores is all three um, walk-off moments, I guess, for your team. He's got a history of it. Uh, is there something to be said about having some success in those spots and then just feeling more comfortable when that moment comes up over time? I think so. He's obviously comfortable doing it because he has a lot of success uh, when he's up there. Um, you know, he gets a lot, a lot of opportunities and he comes through. So, you know, I think I credit it to, you know, obviously he's a great hitter, but uh, he has a shorter swing than most. And when you're in those situations where the game's on the line, you know, guys are, are trying to get you to chase. And, and when he doesn't chase and they have to get the ball up or they hang a breaking ball or something, he's short and quick to the ball and he doesn't miss it. <clears throat> Tony on the left. Do you believe in, in clutch for a guy like that? Or do you think it's more a matter of what you just said is swing and, and things of that nature? Yeah, I think he's he's a clutch hitter because he wants to, you know, he wants to be up there and he gets the job done when he when he gets up there. I think his swing helps him have success in that moment, uh, in that big moment. Matt on the right. Did you just see anything in that in that uh, slide by Harrison there? That uh... no, no, I, I didn't see anything. Um, you know, from the dugout, and then we checked. Uh, you know, on the replay to see if we needed to challenge it. If he slid through the bag, made too much contact, or anything like that, and it, and it looked okay. Did Familia say any reason? Tell you why? I guess he was so upset with the. Well, he, I'm sure he was just in the heat of the moment. Uh, you know, and thought that uh, maybe the guy slid in a little hard. Steve on the left. Mickey, do you think in that moment, even if it's not the main reason why, it could be just some frustration starting to boil over a little bit based on what's happened here recently? I'm sure, yeah. I mean, uh, he, he gets the big uh, ground ball that we were looking for in that situation, and it doesn't get turned. So, you know, obviously he's upset right there and, and at that moment and, uh, you know, let the emotions go. You know, maybe it was a good thing we cleared the benches and, and showed a little fight and fire. Sam up the middle. What did you think of Stephen Matz tonight? He, he threw an excellent game. Um, I think that uh, he was free and easy. You know, he popping some 94, 95s, getting through the ball, staying behind the ball better than we've seen. I thought it was his best breaking ball, his curveball of the year. Um, he always has his good change up. Uh, and, uh, you know, he pitched with conviction. He went out there and, you know, seven strong innings, uh, you know, three, two curveball that was actually executed. The guy um, lefty on, you know, put a good swing on it and, and uh, you know, got it out of the park. But uh, really good job by Steven tonight.
Ed on the back left. Miggy, what are your thoughts on, on Peterson? Uh, he seems to go after hitters, and would you consider giving him some late-inning work if, uh, if possible? I think he deserves it at this point. You know, he's so efficient with his pitches. It seems like every, pitch, uh, every inning he throws is an eight- or nine-pitch inning um, because he does attack um, and with some deception. Um, obviously, you know, jam shot to the first lefty that came up um, and uh, just goes from there, you know, nine, ten-pitch innings. So he definitely deserves a shot at some of that. That is the skipper. And, again, the big news, the front office shakeup, as for now anyway, and maybe forever, Sandy Alderson is stepping away from his post to running the New York Mets on the GM side. There's been a lot of weird stuff going on off the field in the NL East. You might have heard there was a dead body found in a freezer at the ballpark in Atlanta. That's not good. There's this Reese Hoskins flap in Philly. And by the way, what a twerp this fan is for getting on Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins got into it with a fan, told him to go home because the guy was screaming at him, called him a bum, and it was a tough night for Hoskins, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. And Hoskins, you know, he probably shouldn't have done it, obviously, and he's already apologized for it. He told the, the fan to go home. You know, basically, just, just stop yelling at me. If you want to hit, you go up and hit. Hoskins apologized, but instead the fan goes on Twitter and says this. I brought my wife and two kids to the game last night. I spent $1,600 on tickets and another couple hundred on merchandise, food, drink, and parking. I paid this money to go and cheer on the Phillies. The Phillies leader told me to go home. Blah, 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 blah. The Phillies are terrible. Hoskins is terrible. I have my rights. Yeah, sit down, sports fan. That's brutal. Seriously. That's just, I mean, I know Philly fans are tough, and everybody in the NL East pretty much, except for the Marlins fans, are tough. But leave Reese Hoskins alone. And, and, and you know what? Yeah, you can yell at a guy. That's fine. Big man doing that in front of your, your wife and your kids. Outstanding. Good work. Hope you're very proud of yourself and what you, what you posted. Very, very mature. Sorry, didn't mean to soapbox on you, but I do that. That grinds my gears. The Mets, who had lost 14 out of 15 at home, got the win. They needed that win. And now what's brewing for today, brought to you by the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, making a big-time comeback, returning to your neighborhood under new ownership, but still, as always, serving the finest premium coffees from around the world. Zach Wheeler will be on the mound, and it'll be Ivan Nova, the former Yankee, going for the Pirates tonight. 3.98 ERA for him. Wheeler, 4.85. And we're going to get a chance to meet the, the number one draft pick for the New York Mets. Mr. Kelnick is coming to town, and uh, we hope to talk to him, we'll let you hear from him a little bit. Uh, he's, I mean, he's 18 years old, and he's supposed to be the, the next big thing, number six pick in the draft just about a week ago. It'll be the finale of the series, and the Mets are heading out of town. They're going to be going to Miami and Toronto, of all places. If you're heading out to either of those places, want to come see the Mets, don't forget to get the app on your phone, Hotel Tonight, where you can book a room in just 10 seconds. Three taps and a swipe to get it done. No long, endless list of a zillion hotel choices. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at the best hotels. The perfect thing if you're busy or you don't want to overthink things. You can trust that you're always getting a great deal at a great price. Happy trails to Sandy Alderson, a guy who always treated us on the broadcast team very, very well. He will be missed, but the Mets are in good hands. J.P. Ricciardi and Omar Minaya. And the GM in waiting that I think has been in waiting for a while, John Ricco. All these guys are very, very sound. Mets win. Mets win. That's the podcast. I'm Josh. See you.